This feature, powered by AgVisor Pro, AgVisor Pro connects decision makers in agriculture to the advice, professionals, and services that they need to move forward with confidence. I'm Craig Lester, and this is Rural Roots Canada, and today we have Rob Syke here. He is the CEO and founder of AgVisor Pro. Rob, welcome to the program. Thanks, Craig. Great to be with you again. It's so great to see you. You know, you've been in agriculture for over 40 years now, even longer. So I think you talk about growing up on the farm. And I, I guess what we'll start off with here is, you know, what have you seen in agriculture during that time and what's changed and where is it headed in, in your mind? Well, a lot. I mean, agriculture is a whole process of learning and unlearning and relearning. I'll take you back to the days of summer follow or the days where you we use lots and lots of chemical to control weeds and uh, diseases on the crops. And today we're much more refined and we're not tilling the land anymore. And we're using GPS for guidance and all of those things. But I think the rate of change is the is the number one thing. And the rate of change is accelerating at farm level. And uh and uh, there's a lot more technologies for farmers to take advantage of today than they've ever had before, and it's not slowing down. Have you ever seen so much excitement in the industry as there is right now? Well, I think people are excited. I think we have to temper that excitement against the reasons for the excitement. I mean, the invasion of Russia by Ukraine certainly was a catalyst to drive up uh, commodity prices. And, uh, you know, I've seen a lot of farm numbers in the last uh, two or three months. And last year, uh, uh, 20, uh, uh, 2022, uh, 2021, were pretty damn good years. Uh, 2023 looks like it could be a pretty good year if farmers are managing their risk and their downside. Again, I think they'll drop some good dollars to the bottom line. So farmers that are doing a good, good job of managing their business are, are making some money uh, right now. Um, not all sectors are the same, and this ride does not last forever. We are seeing kind of, I guess, unprecedented levels of interest from consumers in regards to transparency about where their food is produced and how it's produced. Um, I guess, what is agriculture doing well? What is, where, where do we need to improve on that front, and how do we improve our relationship with consumers? Well, I think agriculture tends to push back against consumers with facts and figures, which is something that I have done my most career. But I think we actually leverage the world back. And when I when I talk to consumers and I say, you need to understand that farmers love their land and they have no interest in destroying the land. Farmers love their livestock. And I've watched farmers cry when the when the cows get loaded up on the semi to go to the uh, to harvest. And so this is uh, uh, one of the things I think we need to bring into the discussion is a discussion around the emotion of farming. Uh, as well as the practicality. I mean, the three T's, which is uh, traceability and transparency and trust, uh, we need to build on those. And that's heavily data related. But to the extent that we can bring that data and uh, wrap it up in some emotion that's valid, uh, that leads farmer, consumers to understand that farming is sustainable, a lot of farms are 100, 150, 200 years old. That's the definition of sustainability. And that we'll uh, learn, unlearn, and relearn what we need to learn to drive uh, uh, safe food production forward. And how much I know you spoke to uh, the, the federal uh, government's uh, com various committees in, in last year and have done so previously. How important is political theater and what the politicians are saying to consumers play into uh trust and transparency in agriculture? Well, I mean, the whole push right now is for greenhouse gas and environmental uh, 
climate control and all the climate change and all of that. That's all fine. And, uh, you know, the the latest thing most the government has a mandate or uh, some sort of a target of a 30% reduction in nitrous oxide emissions. Um, and that by itself isn't bad. I wonder where the 30% came from and nobody can seem to tell us that. And seems like the coefficient of variance inside that calculation is a minus 30 plus 40 variance. But I mean, if uh, if that's uh, something that agriculture should do, and we should want to reduce our nitrous oxide emissions, um, but the government doesn't recognize our our progress at agriculture. In other words, if you want us to do this, but don't recognize sectional shutoff, don't recognize RTK guidance and and sub inch accuracy, don't recognize uh, nitrogen stabilizers, don't recognize soil testing, don't recognize uh, variable rate technology. If you don't recognize what we're doing, then the only other option we have is a is an absolute reduction of 30% in nitrogen fertilizer use, which would be terrible policy. It'd be terrible policy. So these are the kind of things that we all get wrapped up in. Yes, we want to reduce nitrous oxide emissions uh, from um, from agriculture, but we need to do so pragmatically and recognize the progress uh, farmers have made and uh, recognize the tools that they could implement to further that progress. Talking in regards to the variables that you've just been discussing there and, and what farmers uh, are doing, uh, are you finding that politicians are more informed uh, than they were in the past or less informed uh, when it comes to what how, how farmers operate? No, I think like uh, all parts of society, I think farm uh, politicians are less informed and that's because the uh, the attention span of people these days is down to 12 seconds or 10 seconds. So you haven't got the chance to explain the nuances of farming. Farming is extremely nuanced and, um, you know, a, a pragmatic approach in uh, uh, Kenora, Saskatchewan is different than the approach in Bow Island, Alberta. And it's different than in Kentucky, is different than North Carolina, is different than New Zealand. And so the uh, the tendencies of uh, decision makers is to grab onto ideology and leverage some kind of ideo uh, ideological fix to a very nuanced problem. I mean, if I throw out the word regenerative, what the hell does that mean? Well, regenerative, I think, is cloak and dagger for good agronomy. If you do good agronomy, you will be doing regenerative agriculture sustainability. What does that mean? Well, everybody's got a different definition. And so I think if you grab on to ideology like agroecology or uh, any of these, you know, simple words that you think are really good, but as soon as you peel back the layers, you realize that it's very complex. I think that's dangerous. And I think that politicians uh, like consumers uh, get bought into these ideological uh, simple answers when there is no such thing as a simple answer in agriculture. And you summed it up so well there sort of thing. So just changing gears here a little bit. So if you were to go back to the farm in Innisfree when you were 20 years old, what would you tell uh, your younger self about uh, the future of ag and I guess life in general? Well, I, I think there's a number of things. I bought land in 1981, so I was 21 years old, and I missed the peak of the land prices by about a month, and I hit the interest rates at 18 or 20 percent. Can you believe that, interest rates? So I, I think that, uh, you know, I had a passion for farming back then, but the timing was terrible. Uh, in retrospect, I, had I hung on for a few more years, I would have got the interest rates back down, and I, and I could have leaned forward. 
I think that the the, the thing that happens uh, in a in a small town 20, 25, 30 years ago is that your echo chamber is very small. I mean, you have two sources of information pr primarily back then. You have uh, your circle of buddies or your circle of friends or the coffee shop that you go to, whatever it was. Uh, and then you have the, the people that are selling you stuff. So the elevator buying your grain, the fertilizer and chemical dealer, the guy selling you equipment. So those are your echo chambers. And and really, it's really hard to get out of that echo chamber to learn to adopt new policy, to, to think about new things. And it really was me going to university and spreading my wings in, in Manitoba and Saskatchewan and places like that, and then internationally, that I really began to reframe and open up my view on, on how we should be bringing expertise to the farm and how we need to shorten that adoption gap. Because let's face it, that adoption is simply too long. It took six to 12 years to adopt auto steer, really? And it's taking too long to, do, to adopt sectional shutoff when this is like a no brainer. Sectional shutoff pays for itself really fast and it has a positive environmental uh, reduction as well. So these are the things that go through my head if I was thinking about my younger self. And uh, I'm going back to Industry Alberta this uh, next weekend to be the master of ceremonies at a Ukrainian dance. So excited about that. You get it back there often? Not too often, but uh, if I'm going back, I'm going back for pierogies. That's for sure. <laughs> awesome. Uh, you know, I know I can relate sort of thing. I know my parents bought at, in 1980, and yes, the interest rates were 18, 19% sort of thing. And they still remind my brothers who are still on the farm sort of thing about those days, sort of thing, right? Yep. So, <laughs> uh, you know, you've had so many successful ventures over the year. I think it was at 15 last count, something around that line. Uh, what was it about AgVisor Pro that really jumped off the page for you when uh, when, it, when, it, when it first crossed your mind? Well, it was a meeting I had with Bill Gates, actually, like him or hate him, but it was an honor to be uh, spending six hours with him on May 2nd of 17. And basically, I shared with him what we had built at AgriTrend and AgriData Solution, which was uh, agronomy, precision ag, grain marketing, business management, carbon credits, all hooked in on one platform. And uh, he said, it's great, but it won't scale. And that was like poking me between the eyes. And, and he was right, because... As uh, technology has evolved and these devices are becoming more and more prevalent, uh, we have the ability to shrink time and space. And so AgVisor Pro really came out of my brain as a result of all the experiences I've had previously. And it's really a combination of eHarmony, e which is a matching algorithm between a seeker, somebody who has a question, they can ask that question anonymously, geotag it so we know where the question came from, but our algorithm will match it to experts that are either independent or company or even farm experts and the uh, connections can be made. So eHarmony with Uber, so the scheduling of a connection and the monetization of that connection connected to FaceTime. So with AgVisor Pro, there's no texting outside the app. There's no uh, Zoom meetings. There's no phone calls. There's no video calls, everything, all of that technology is built instantaneously inside of AgVisor Pro. And the last piece is the Twitterization, which is basically how do you create the curiosity for people to keep coming back? And uh, we have that. You can follow questions anonymously. You can join communities now. We have regenerative ag, we have precision ag, we have uh, drone, the first three public communities on AgVisor Pro. We have private communities that could be very useful for associations 
who want to bring value back to their association members, as well as private communities for companies wanting to link their employees and key technical people together. So that's Advisor Pro. It's an ecosystem for agriculture, eHarmony, Uber, FaceTime, Twitter, all combined in one. Uh, the download is free. There's no paywall on the download. You start using it right away. Is that what you feel is going to make it successful 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Well, I think so. I think the number one uh, choke point for agriculture being uh, infinitely sustainable and feeding the planet uh, is uh, access to uh, expertise. We need to shrink time and space and need to adopt these curves faster of the technology at farm level. The future, uh, feeding the planet, really requires agriculture, it requires something called sustainable intensification. So we have to sustainably intensify what we're doing at farm level. There's a lot of technologies that are coming out right, left and center that are very, very good that should be adopted faster. And that adoption curve is too slow because farmers and people in the agriculture sector can't connect to experts. Well, you can't connect to an expert if you can't find the damn expert. So AgVisor Pro does all that. And uh, it's global in nature. We've got people on the platform right now, Craig from Brazil and Australia, and we've got people on from the Philippines and Uganda. And so, and we've done all that on a shoestring uh, of an investment so far. So uh, I have a dream and the dream is that somebody is going to uh, build the most credible independent agricultural connection platform on the planet earth. I don't know why it can't be a farm kid for ministry. I mean, nobody's saying I can't do it. So I just, I'm going to roll up my sleeves with the team and we're going to get her done. And that's incredible sort of thing. And I guess what, uh, on that front, you were talking about all the different countries and I know you are in a lot of these different countries speaking. What are you hearing about uh, about Advisor Pro at, while you're traveling internationally? Well, I think that instant, you know, instantaneously people grasp the importance of the concept because again, what I'm trying to create is an is is not an echo chamber. I'm trying to create. Uh, I'm trying to democratize the connection to expertise, and some of that expertise should get paid for. Right now, we don't have a subscription for Agvisor Pro, but someday maybe we will because if we build this thing and there's enough value there for farmers, we have to sustain our company through some revenue. But I but I as I travel around, whether it was Lisbon, Portugal. Uh, whether it was Spain, whether it was Costa Rica just recently or Miami, or whether it was St. Louis or Kansas City. And today I'm heading up to uh, north of Phoenix and then back to Des Moines. The need is always the same. How do we get access to expertise faster? How do we know we can trust the expertise? So we have to do a vetting process on our experts inside the, the ecosystem so that the AgVisor Pro people using the platform are confident that they're gonna get good answers. And you need to get multiple answers because there is usually not one solution. There's you know, many things. It could be ways that you look at a problem and tackle the problem and having more experts tap in on it is just good. And that's incredible. Uh, Rob, any th closing thoughts? Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, uh, we need to create more linkages with consumers and help them un understand the nuances. Uh, I mean, is tilling the land three or four times and reducing the organic matter and fracturing the soil and releasing all the uh, carbon from the soil, is that better for uh, environment than a pop can of uh, 
of, uh, of herbicide sprayed over the, the length of a football field. I mean, which is better? And I think that as we move forward, I, I'm giving a lot of thought to something called a sustainability index. And so instead of having stupid labels like a non-GMO label on Catelli pasta, because there is no such thing as GMO uh, durum wheat, could we have a sustainability index on, on that pasta that would reward farmers for doing the right things that reduce their environmental footprint. And I, I think that that's really where I'd like to see it go. So I invite your listeners to go on their iPhones or Android and download AgVisor Pro. And there's no firewall, it's, it's free, there's no paywall and, and just get there two minutes and 30 seconds to set up your profile. And you can start to follow questions or ask questions or, or be involved. And if you're an association out there, a farm association or a company looking to connect your internal stakeholders better, give us a haul. And my email's down here so you can, you can pluck that off and connect with me on the platform at AgVisor Pro. Awesome. And quickly, Rob, I'm going to circle back because I know this was a big thing about your uh, stuff. You were talking about the sustainability index and grocery stores. And I've always been kind of curious to know why grocery stores aren't advertising more about how food is produced sort of thing. And I know you did a whole video series on social media talking about what's going on within grocery stores in, in real time. Uh, just uh, your thoughts there. Yeah, you know, thanks for bringing that up. We were supported by a lot of prairie uh associations we we're going to produce a movie called no gmo a movie my son nick syke and i set up to do that and what we realized is rather than baking the cake we should bake muffins and so if you go to no uh, no ideas k-n-o-w no ideas media on facebook which has got about twenty five thousand followers or you uh search out uh no ideas media on youtube you'll find I don't know, dozens, dozens and dozens of video vignettes that that we put together, uh, you know, like one on Cheerios, for example, is serving Cheerios bad for your kids? And uh, and what does uh, genetic engineering entail? And uh, what does uh, it mean when uh, A&W advertises uh, no hormones or steroids when hormones and steroids are both the same thing? And really none you know so uh we put together uh all of these media uh pieces uh with the support of uh, a lot of associations in western canada a lot of people still don't know about it because uh, it takes money to get it out in everybody's hands but no ideas media and uh on uh on facebook and youtube and also uh, we just produced the second nut milking video so the first Nut milking video, the almond nut milking video went viral and seen like 40 million times. So we just pr produced the second in a series of the nut milking videos that you can search out uh, on YouTube or Google. And that was great. It was just as good as the first one. So it was just great to see where he's at. <laughs> uh, Rob, thanks so much for your time today. Okay, thanks a bunch and uh, best success to everybody in the 2023 uh, growing season. Great. We've been speaking with Rob Syke, the CEO and founder of AgVisor Pro. Definitely check it out on your phones and download it for Rural Roots Canada. I'm Craig Lester. This feature powered by AgVisor Pro. AgVisor Pro connects decision makers in agriculture to the advice, professionals, and services that they need to move forward with confidence. 